the next Saturday, payday. Hey, man, let's go. Let's tear it up. Get into a cab. Go down to that bad part of town. The weirdest experience. I was there, but I didn't feel right. Mm. I'm like, I was just here seven days ago. And everything, I was comfortable. It was me. I enjoyed it. I wanted to see this. I wanted to see that. I wanted to spirit. I wanted to drink this. I wanted to eat, you know. And, and yeah, this is this is the life. And lo and behold, I just couldn't feel it. And my buddy was getting irritated. He's like, what's wrong with you, man? I'm like, I just don't. Mm. The pleasure it, of sin had been removed. It huh? was gone. Wow. And so I sat down. He said, hey, man, I'm going to go over here. I'll be back. I was like, all right, I just need to go to back to base. He said, is it money? No, I got my own money. And I sat down, and to my side was a flyer, a church track. Yeah. And I read that, and immediately something clicked. Mm. Something did happen. Mm. And I looked up, and I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm, I'm yours. Wow. Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Tuesday, where you're going to hear a powerful testimony of God's grace revealed in human lives. Each Tuesday, you'll hear Pastor Adam interviewing pastors from around the world to share the mighty miracles that God has done in their lives to give you hope for yours. We share the stories of the men behind the messages you hear every other day on this podcast. Keep in mind that the free version only includes a portion of the whole testimony interview. To listen to the full version, use the links in the show notes to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Supercast.tech. Every dollar goes to supporting world evangelism. Enjoy today's Testimony Tuesday. Well, hello, this is Pastor Adam back with you again for another episode of Testimony Tuesday on the VBPH Sermon Podcast, and I am very pleased to be joined by our friend and co-laborer in the Lord, Pastor Sean Duckett. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, thanks, Adam. It's happy to be here. Happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you making some time, uh, and uh, well, I even more appreciate the fact that you invited me to come and preach in your church. It was a great time. We Just for a couple of services today on Sunday, I, I'd let you know that I'd like to do an interview with you. And so thank you for giving us some time. We appreciate it. No problem. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, we are here to get the stories of what God has done in the lives of pastors, of CFM pastors across the land. Yep. And uh, I know a little bit about your history, but I don't know a whole lot. So I'm excited to hear uh, what God has done in your life. So for, for those who don't hear you, uh, give, us the, give us the little intro uh, uh, your your ministry history, where you've been uh, pastoring. I, I know you're here now in Raleigh, but what, what's been the history of your, your ministry? Uh, actually, in, back in 1996, we were first launched into Charlotte, North Carolina, my wife, Arsene, and I, and our three kids. And so we were, we were really excited. We have been discipled in the church under Pastor Dave Files in the Jacksonville Church up until the time Pastor Dave Suspansky came shortly thereafter. And uh, just a real uh, blessing, really linked hearts and, you know, with Pastor Suspansky and let him know that I was called and I felt called and he saw that he worked with me and, and we just found a time and place and that time and place came up in 1996. We were launched out of the Prescott Conference. Cool. And really excited to be there and uh, just really happy to be a part of that, actually have pictures uh, when we were called up and the other pastors, Pastor Mark Olson, I think he was being launched out somewhere too. We were standing next to him and I really didn't get the whole thing. I was just nerves and all manner of things. But having waited 
for that opportunity for years to be able to really, uh, it's like being in training for so long, you can't wait to actually get out there and put it to, you know, put it to the test, put it to the work, you know, to work and, and see what God is going to do in a new work, see what he, how he brings it all together. Because when I got saved, everything was already working. Mm-hmm. So to, to see it start from scratch right. was, was really exciting. And just to dream of that moment all my life. And so uh, Pastor rolled the dice and uh, launched us into Charlotte, North Carolina, 1996. And we, we learned a lot of different things. And uh, we actually were trying to get things situated, building dip challenges and work challenges and just really learning to uh to be out there with just us now mm-hmm. I had my pastor i could have called him anytime and he was always available but trying to learn that and and deal with people with uh in that pioneer oh yeah stage was 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 pretty challenging and i i have to admit that it was i was a little overwhelmed and so after some time we actually went back to jacksonville for a time of refreshing mm-hmm. redirection and uh we just uh, we remember some things and just took it to heart. Came back and just kind of hit the How ground. How many years were you there in Charlotte? We were there uh, about mm, I want to say about two years. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we came back in '98. My wife knows all those like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's and so we came back for that time and just uh, continued to do what we know how to do and uh, just continue to minister to folks. And I remember uh, having. Time, a time where I, I begin to doubt, you know, my calling, like, well, maybe I'm not called, you know, I should have, I, I was looking for more, mm-hmm. more of a, uh, uh, I was looking to be more productive, looking for that thing to take off. And, you know, a lot of, you know, being naive in a lot of areas, ignorant of some, and just, you know, kind of taking what my pastor was doing for granted, you mm. know, just like, oh, well, this should be easy. Right, <laughs> and I right. had that, I had that mindset. And so coming back to, uh, to the Jacksonville church, learn some things, but we continue to minister to people and God began, God can just continue to help us. And so I remember a time when I said, you know what, I will just serve in the church, mm-hmm. you yep. know, and I get, you know, got my heart right about all the, you know, the grant aggrandizing the, the ministry. Oh, wow, can your name called it for all those people? And, oh, wow, that's you got past all that stuff. Yeah, huh? <laughs> so all that wore off yeah, real quick yeah. in reality. And so, but we still knew what God called us to do, my wife and I. And so we just kept laboring and, you know, serving in the church, being a blessing. And after a moment of time, uh, began to entertain the idea, well, Lord, if you, if you want me to, we'll, we'll, we'll go again. And without even really thinking about it, time passed on. And we was like, yeah. And then one time, Pastor just, we went to conference. He said, hey, I, you know, you guys going to conference? And he said, no, I didn't plan on it. He said, well, go ahead, let's go, you know, so sure. And so I got the time off, really didn't think about it, you know, there's work, there's all that. Sure, you can have a week off. Okay. <laughs> so everything just kind of fell into place. We went to conference, and uh, Pastor asked us if we could, you know, go, go to uh, Pioneer again. We were going to run the Pioneer again. I said, sure, you know, you know, if you, you, you know, believe that's, what God wants us, you to do as far as my pastor, then we're mm-hmm. absolutely willing. And we maintain that. And one thing I learned as a, one of the first things I learned that was cemented in my heart was, you know, from having been told, you know, stop performing, Duckett. Stop trying to be the man on the spot and stop trying to be this celebrity, you know. Stop trying to do everything right and for show. Mm-hmm. And so I was always looking for that. What is that that I need? What ability and I'll never forget God speaking to me. He says, 
availability. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily your ability or talents, right. but availability. Just make yourself available, and I'll put you where I need you. And so I remember making that decision, and after that decision, it was like, whatever you want, Lord. And so the opportunity came for us to go. We pioneered it in Kinston and got a solid core of people. And then we came to a conference in Jacksonville, Jacksonville, North Carolina, first conference, 2013. And we were excited about that. Hey, Jacksonville's having a conference. And so we were excited about coming to the conference. We really didn't pay attention to the fact that there were people we were working with. There was a solid core. There were tithers. We actually had a building in Kinston, and it was it was moving. We had revivals that we were able to pay for ourselves. God blessed us to where we got off support really, really quick, you know, and it was like, hmm. And so we're just doing them, working and, you know, pioneering, working with people. And uh, I remember going to pastor before the donut break, and I just was telling him, hey, pastor, things are going pretty good. And I said, I just want you to know, even though we're in Kinston, I'm still always available. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt good because God pushed me to kind of, kind of, kind of felt that push to go talk to the pastor. And I remember going to him and he said, okay, Ducky, thank you. I appreciate that. And stay, you know, keep that heart. But little did I know that after the, the Friday morning services of the, of the conference, that pastor pulled me aside. He says, hey, I need you to go. Oh, wow. I need you to go to Charleston. I Just said, like that? I said, are you sick? You know, I'm thinking in my heart. Yeah. I'm having this yeah. conversation, yeah. and I'm, I'm listening to Pastor, but in my mind, I'm like, what? <laughs> and so uh, he actually told my wife first. He's like, uh, well, he didn't tell my wife. He said, go talk to your husband. And so she's coming looking for me, and I'm just now talking to Pastor. And I said, sure, we'll, we'll go. He yeah. said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll announce it tonight. And so we took our second uh, pastor, or our third, actually, Pioneer Charlotte, I mean, we, you're Pioneer Charlotte, Pioneer Kinston. And so we actually going to take over a church in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so we accepted that, came down, went to Charleston and, you know, hit the ground and took over the church and uh, really just kind of got to work. I do construction, renovation, remodeling by trade. And so the church was in the middle of a building uh, project. And so it was kind of easy for me to step into that while making this transition. I was occupied. Right. Otherwise, my head would have been spinning. Right, right. We had some things that we were shut, you know, closing up. We were closing out different things. We were, you know, cutting ties. Not necessarily cutting ties. We were getting things in order yeah. in order to make that transition. And so we did that and got the church looking, you know, really, really nice and putting all our efforts in uh you know, God challenged us financially and accepted the challenges that were before us. And we just did what we had to do. And God just really blessed. And just recently, oh. <laughs> recently, we went to a we went to the Jacksonville conference and I had just told my wife before we went, I said, OK, I, I told my wife, I said, hey, we're going to conference. I said, but guess what? My boss just offered me another position at my job, a promotion. I said, wow, that's pretty cool. I said, well, well, I tell you what, we were, we had a little uh, living situation. The church was big enough so that I could build a room on the back of the church. And we were doing that. Everything was, was kosher. We were doing that. But we, I said, well, when we get back, we'll buy, I'll buy you a house. Thumbs hey. up. Let's buy a house and <laughs> let's settle in and, and make this happen. My, my sons were there with us in Charleston. My son was in early college and you know just things were looking on the up my other son graduated high school so things were looking pretty good for us and i remember going to this conference and pastor i need to go to he's uh i went to him again i went to him again he didn't know about my situation 
But I went to him again. I said, yeah, Pastor. I said, things are going well. <laughs> I like to do that little check-in thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pastor, this is where we are. This right. is that. <laughs> but again, I'm always available because you just, over the years, you know that things happen, things yeah. change. You know, some good, some not so good. So you just, knowing that there's a need, and I don't know, you know, I'm not EMS by by heart, by by any kind of, you know, profession, but EMS in the spirit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Okay. Like, whatever... Yeah. I'm, I know my pastor, and yeah. so I'm like, whatever, pastor. So he said, you go to, he said, you want pioneer? I mean, he said, I got a church. Yeah. He says, we do have a need. He said, would you be willing? I said, sure. And we actually uh, accepted the pastorate here in Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. So it's a city and church number four. Yes. Yeah. What yeah. a wild ride, huh? Yes. And how long you been here now? We've been here, it'll be three years in May. Three years. Wow. Three years in May. Seems like it's gone really fast. It has. It well, has. And two of those have been under pandemic situation, yes, right? Yes. And we were we were we were thinking, oh, you know, when twenty twenty, the year of vision, we're gonna see some <laughs> things. And just yeah, had some so ideas about ideas about the church and yeah. making a few different moves and trying to do a little renovation stuff and right. just kind of had to deal with this uh, live stream only and not seeing people and that was kinda of hard and yeah. some things happened. We actually lost uh uh one of one of our sisters in the church lost family member, and yeah. you know it was kind of hard. It was pretty tough. Yeah, and so uh, quickly just kept in touch with Pastor Pastor. We really need to open up some kind of way, and just keep doing what you got to do, duck it, and see these people. Yeah. So we kind of we just kept doing what we knew to do, follow up and uh, loving folks, keeping in touch. Yeah, you know, and trying to uh, keep everybody abreast. Hey, don't want to miss it. And we did see the, the the amount of folks that were in our church were actually live streaming. So that was good. Good. And some. Right. You know, there were some others that were logging on. So that was a blessing, too. So we, we experienced that. And we made it through. Praise living God. Couldn't wait till things lifted. Yeah. And uh, we actually have a couple teachers in our in our church. <laughs> so there was a lot of pressure on them. And, you know, and so we, we couldn't wait to actually open up. And so we did. And we quickly schedule revivals. Yeah. Know. Hey, let's get some people in here. Let's right. get it back. And I, I thank God. Uh, unfortunately, some people were obviously affected, you know, from that. And we had some uh, older people that, you know, fear and different things and their health issues that they had just kind of really, they weren't ready for the public again. Yeah. They weren't ready. And so they they, they didn't come back. And so... Uh, Essentially, we, we we lost some folks in that, and I'm I'm sure others have as well. Oh, yeah. But oh, we yeah. lost some folks in the pandemic, and so unfortunately, they didn't return. But God still kept. We couldn't wait to hit the streets. We followed the masks and stuff, talking through a mask, tell them about Jesus. So weird, right? <laughs> yeah. So we kept outreaching, and people got saved. God was giving us strategy and faith. You know, go here, and we right. would pray before outreach, and God gave us fruit. We actually have fruit to this day of people that you know we. We got back in the game, and we played hard. Yeah. We were hard in the paint, man, and we just hit it hard and, and uh, got the momentum back. Yeah. And uh, well, It seems the, like uh, just from being here today, it seems like you got a pretty good core of people that are very faithful. Very faithful, very yeah. faithful. And one of the good things about being in Raleigh that I didn't have before was Raleigh is where most evangelists fly in. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Right. So a lot of people fly in. There was actually the sermonizing workshop right. that happens here every year that Pastor Suspansky hosts. And and so 
uh, but one of the good things was anytime pastor had somebody fly in, me being this close, yeah. you know, he would kind of, hey, Duckett, can you, and I'm like, sure, uh-huh. just bring it on. And so I was actually blessed to have some really, you know, uh, seasoned pastors. Oh, that's amazing. Come, you know, uh, preach for us. And I said, Pastor, we always got room. Yeah. We always have, you know, bring them. And then other people that we were able to uh, host as well. And so through it all, at the end of the at the end of this this pandemics, whatever you want to call it, at the end of this time, this season, God still kept a church together. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you've you've got some other churches close by to you that you have support from. That's yes, pretty nice to have. Pastor Long and his wife Naomi are in the South Raleigh area, and uh, Pastor Toba Kali, he and his wife they were in Raleigh. But they moved a little further out in a place called Clayton, which is still to consider kind of the Raleigh, you know, greater Raleigh area. So we have them to also link up with and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and fellowship and also labor with, co-labor with. And so it's a good thing. We don't have, we have uh, others that aren't too far either. Right. Raleigh's kind of, you know, a hub in the sense that we have Greenville, we have Spring Lake, we have Sanford, we have uh, Hope Mills, we have Fayetteville, and we actually have... Uh, Charlotte, yeah, still in the in the bubble, in, in yeah. The, yeah. So we we actually can call on some brothers and that's nice and have them some things uh, work out for us. So it's Very really nice. a blessing to 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 be here. Yeah, me and wife are seeing it and experiencing, you know, a move of God. Yeah, and we're excited about. So it. I wish I could uh, explain to our listeners. Uh, we're sitting in the middle of your sanctuary right now, and uh, you just come out of a big building project, which was. Uh, yeah, it looks amazing. So good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh we actually have photos of the the move, you know move. It, it's a it's a funny story because I know other pastors have had the time of their life. Probably some would testify this has been the hardest thing is finding a building. Yep. Even from scratch or getting a bigger building and yeah. just the things that they that you face getting a building. And we faced those same things. And for eleven months we were just looking and. No, we don't want to do a church. No, we don't. You know, yep, just yep. some of that. And so we've we had our share. And so I'm get we're getting down to our leases up. And so I have to meet the landlord. So I want to propose extending our lease. I talk getting counsel from my pastor. Pastor, what do you want to do? What do you, mm-hmm. Well, in the meantime, we, you know, get some, you know, get some help with the lease and find out what you can do. And so I say, hey, we just need to extend for about six months. Oh, we don't do six months. And so I'm starting to feel that pressure. Like, oh man, what do we do? And so. uh Pastor, you don't want to get locked in, and God, you know, gives you a, you know, revival. And right. You want yeah. to have that, and so I'm like, oh man, and so I'm like, this place can't handle. We have a, yeah, you know, the square footage is like, man, we would definitely need more, and I don't want to be the one to say, God can't. Right. Right. So, I remember walking around with the landlord and trying to. T- I said, well, you know, can we extend for six months? No, we don't do that. We have to do for a year, and I'm like, yeah, we just need more room, and I'm saying that. <laughs> part of as a side, like yeah. we just need more room, man. Right. And so the landlord, me assuming that the landlord is, you know, really not going to, you know, work with us. He either you extend for this amount of time, or he said, "Well, why don't you just tear these walls out?" <laughs> and I'm saying the landlord is saying that, you know. And so I, you know, I'm keeping up, keeping in touch with my pastor. I'm like the landlord said, tear the walls down. I didn't think we could do that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, and so I call pastor. I said, can I get back with you? I talked to the landlord. I said, can you visit? I said, Pastor, what do you think? You know, he said, do it. That's God. Yeah. And I was like, okay. He said, because you've been laboring there. The church is 12, 13 years old. And there's been a lot of labor at this address. Yeah, sure. So people, you know, and it's a good location. 
and considering all the other locations that we had, this was this is prime, and there's a uh, there's some other businesses that draw a lot of attention. So we've been actually able to have some outdoor events that drew some people too. Oh, good. And it's a main. It's not the main drag, but it's often the main drag. And so we were fortunate enough, and so we were blessed to have evangelist Jerry Fussell come. Yeah. And we were able to hype the church. The church got excited. Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to tear down some walls. We're going to renovate. And we are going to do that within two months. Oh, <laughs> come on. Because <laughs> I had the experience. Yeah. Yeah. I just need the muscle. Right. You know, you don't have to know a whole lot. Just help me, you know. And so metal, you know, metal studs, drywall, a little bit electrical. We got brothers that do that. We got people that do plumbing. Let's do this. And the church got behind it. And it was amazing because... They got on board, right? You know, like Nehemiah, they had a they had a heart, Praise a God. mind to build, and you know, and so the finances were there, and so we had enough finances to do what we needed to do and meet every need, and we were able to get other folks in here and and bless. And some of the things we felt challenged too, because some of these contractors just wanted they wanted the kitchen sink. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So like, oh my gosh, we don't have that. Yeah. You know, that would take. So much of that would take such a large hit on our budget for yep. this bill, and so God challenges us. You can do it. You can do it. And so we <laughs> we actually got got down to it and just did it, and God helped us. And the church is excited, and so we're challenged now. We've had Patrick Johnson come through, and he says, "Hey, man, if you if you if you build it or you provide, you know, open it up, God will fill it." Oh yeah. And we've seen God actually uh, do just that. Praise God. And, yeah. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Well, you're in a good spot, man. I'd love to hear how you got here. Uh, so what, what, we, uh, what we love to do is to hear the testimonies. But before we can really appreciate, you know, um, what God did in your life, I'd love to hear kind of how you grew up, where, what, where are you from? What was your family life like? Well, actually, I was born and raised in Philadelphia. Okay. Pennsylvania. and. Um, like Fresh Prince. <laughs> actually, you know, I, I met him a couple times. Actually, <laughs> when he was rapping and stuff, and 
doing these DJ battle of the DJs and different stuff. And so <laughs> I had a real, I had a cousin that was into that and they did a lot of shows together. And it was kind of funny because I never could, I never thought about rapping, but that was a thin thing and break dancing and popping and locking and all that other stuff. So I, I it's, did the, it. it's the one rap song that most white people know. <laughs> West Philadelphia. <laughs> and so, you know, and so, you know, not necessarily fitting into that yeah. uh, comfortably, and so just raised in Philadelphia, uh, Germantown part, you know, and uh, typical city life, public schools and anything that you can think of that could happen in public schools. We had to deal with that. And so there was a streetness, you know, there was a streetness and a hoodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a goodness. It was a hoodness. <laughs> it was a hoodness about, you know, you know, just the growing up in that environment. Right. Right. To where, I, you know, I just um, not a whole lot of trust, not okay. a whole, in, you know, different figures in your life that may, they, they're not doing the right thing, but because they have the fun, the money and the cars and all that, you're saying, well, I, got, I guess I have to do that too. And so kind of took that route for a little while, you know. With uh, the, you so know, what was your family like? My family, uh, my mother, my mother's uh, boyfriend. And my two sisters and my brother, we grew up in a, in a, uh, a three bedroom house, row house in Philadelphia and, uh, close me and my brother are only 14 months apart, Okay, but we would, we would kind of go from our mothers to our biological father. And so there was a, it was, it was kind of a, it was a big difference in the, in the whole way, you know, we were raised And one, you know, when we were here. There was a certain way we were, and then there was another way yeah, over here. Right. And it was kind of like going from two different worlds. And so we were adjusting to that. And we had, uh, had uh, two sisters, and we were able to, to just uh, maintain and um, survive. Okay. You yep. know, survival was our, was our thing. And when you're in survival mode, you can justify just about it. Right. You know? Yeah. And you can feel like you had to, and you didn't have a choice. And so... I brought that mindset into the kingdom and uh, when I got saved. But my father and my, 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 my sister's dad, who raised, who raised us, partner, he a uh, strong military background. Uh-huh. And so my dad was in the Army as well. He was in the Army. And so we heard a lot about the military. And he did kind of, you know, push us in that, you know, you know speak up, you know, kind of put that, that, that kind of uh, uh, upbringing in us. So the military, the military mind was kind of, it was like, yeah. And so we didn't think about college. We didn't know where we could afford it anyway. Right, right, <laughs> so, right, right. so the military was kind of automatic. Okay. And so growing up, just doing our best through high school, navigating through the drugs and the, all the different other, you know, the fights and the violence and all that other stuff being lured in by relatives who were dealing drugs. Hey man, why don't you, why don't you do this for me? And we were just doing that. And then, uh, my brother. Did you get caught up in some of that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the grace of God, man, because, you know, just miles away, just minutes. It was either minutes or miles, man, from certain death, really. Really? Yeah, just, I just was over there, you know, or this person that went over here, or this person, and I lost a, I lost a lot of people that I grew up with who, had it not been for the grace of God, that would that would definitely been me. Mm. And so... Um, I remember talking to my mother years later when I was in the military. She was like telling me, it seemed like every time I talked to my mother, somebody, you know, somebody with this happened. 
And so, uh, so fast forwarding, my brother joined the army. Okay. And how old was he? My brother was nineteen. Okay. He graduated high school. Straight and in. I, and and notice after after some time, okay, because we were both working at Mickey D's. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> and so he was trying to do a little bit better. And so I was working at Mickey D's, and then um, uh, he said, "Hey, man," I, I said, "I'm gonna I'm try to go to this school, this new technical school." And so my brother was like, "Why would you go to school where you have to pay when the, the army will pay for you and still, you know?" So I said, "Okay." So we joined in the buddy system. He went in, and I got in, but it was it was we joined the uh, the reserve together. Okay. And uh, so that was a. We did boot camp, so yeah, then there's yeah. that connection with my father. We, oh yeah, how about that boot camp? How about that gas chamber? How about the rifle? How about this, that, and the other? And so we were all, so we had that conversation, and graduated, and went to our school, AIT school. I went in Georgia. My brother went to Virginia, and I got back on the block. So we, you know, in the reserves, you only have to do boot camp, school, and then you have to make your annual monthly. Right. So when I got back on the block, I got back into the same. Yeah. But I was older now, right. so to add to my already, you know, dysfunctional, up, you know, life and stuff. Now you want to add a female, mm-hmm. and when you add a female and me, and uh, there was a you know, then I had a kid on the way. Uh, that's usually what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and so having a kid on the way, I immediately said, I can't do this, mm. this anymore. This can mean a bunch of things, and so I tried to go active. To give a more stable, you know, financial security and provide for my kid. So I'm just curious because as soon as you knew you had a kid on the way, you felt responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah, because the reason I'm asking is because you grew up in a house where your dad didn't have that same. No. And so, how do you think that that got in you, but not in not not from him? I I honestly don't. I don't really. Is it is it the kind of thing like? I don't want this to happen to my kids. Yes, yeah. that's what I was getting. Uh, that yeah. was, I, I think that was the main thing. I want to do differently. Yeah. But it was my, I, you know, I had a little bit of ego and pride. I'm going to do better, uh-huh. you know, and sure. so I'm going to provide and, you know, and it was just, I'm going to do better. And so I, tr- I tried to join, but they were like, no, you, you've, you've already had too much time in. And so mm-hmm. you're at the bottom of the barrel. We don't want to spend any more money on you. We're not going to send you to another school, a specialty school. You know, you're you can only be in the infantry or some other thing that I was just not going to do. They only gave me really three options, and so a friend of mine had just graduated Marine Corps boot camp. Uh huh. And I said, uh, I kept asking about it, and I I honestly knew that I I kind of thought I don't want to do this. And so as I was coming home from McDonald's, a recruiter stopped me, a Marine Corps recruiter. He said, Hey man, what you doing? I said, I'm getting ready to go home. And he said, Hey, come on, take a ride with me. And I'm like. So I jumped in the car. I knew what he was going to, he was going to test me. Took a test. I, I tried to fail on purpose. <laughs> I literally did, man. I was, he offered me a soda. He said, I'll come back in a, so many minutes. And I just filled in circles. I literally just filled in circles. <laughs> and I passed. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I passed with a, a score that kind of gave me a dip, you know, some choices as far as, you know, That's kind hilarious. Of oh my I was trying to fail, but little did I know that you're such much, a failure that you couldn't fail that. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I really didn't try at all. I left there and I left it alone. He kept calling. I hang up and I wouldn't answer the phone. Then he finally gave up. But little did I know six months later that I really, I, I, 
I, I remember praying one night when I knew my son was on the way. Hmm. I, you know, I was like, Lord, and my brother had just started going to church. Ah. With his, him and his girlfriend had started going to church. And he brought me back. Well, he would bring home these daily breads, oh. our daily breads. And I got into the habit of reading them. And, you know, I was into the horoscope, right. you know, and I'm not trying to make that comparison, but that daily reading sure. to with life. And I got into that. So, but it was God. And I remember reading the book of Matthew all the way through, got an old Testament. I read it through and I began to try to do those things. You know, I tried to fast I tried to pray, wow. try not to be angry. I was actually trying Did you, to, uh, do you remember having any spiritual influence on you when you were younger? Like, yes. Did you guys yes. go to church a lot? No, we didn't, but I had a seriously, uh, seriously on fire grandmother. Ah, the praying grandma. The grandmother, man. She prayed she, you in, didn't she? And it was, it was, it was, it was kind of, her influence lasted. Wow. We didn't see her that much. Yeah. But we knew, praise the Lord, Jesus, and I don't think God would like that. And, you know, just though that, that kind of influence and to see my, there was something about my grandmother's spirit that just, you knew that Rubbed she off on loved you. us. Yeah. She loved us. And so I was like, I'm going to listen to grandma. I might not like my, anybody else, but I'm going to listen to my grandma. And so I knew that. And so there was that influence there. Yeah. And so I, I, I remember praying one night and I said, Lord, I'm coming. I don't know how and I don't know when. And that's all I could conjure up. That's all I can. I don't know what else to say. I'm coming, though. I, I want to be yeah. where you are. And, and I remember it was weird because I saw a Marine Corps commercial where a knight... And then he became a Marine, and I'm like, <sighs> took a deep breath, I'm going to go, you know. And it was I, like a surrender for you. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to do it, because I, I couldn't do back in the Army, and so I had to make an inner service change. And so I, I said, let me, let me see what the Marine Corps saw. How old were you at this point? I was 19. 19? 19, so. Still early. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't graduate because of drug use. Okay. So I had to go to summer school. <laughs> so I didn't get the chance to walk the aisle, but. You know, when I had my son on the way, and I actually, my son was born when I was in my, my, uh, we have 13 weeks of training, Marine Corps boot camp, and in my 11th week, my son was born. Wow. So I came home to a newborn, and unfortunately, you know, things didn't work out, you know, with his mother and myself, and so, I, you know, I wasn't an active single parent, but I was a single parent. I always knew I had a kid, and so that kept me going. Yeah. I'm going to keep on keeping on sending money home. There was no legal things. There was right. no child support. There was a, a relationship enough that we can, I could just send money and there wouldn't be any, the government wouldn't be involved. And so that was a blessing. And then my dad was actually there. My dad was actually there who was actually on the spot, keeping me in abreast of everything. And that's what we did. And so wow. there was an agreement there. Okay. And everybody was okay with it. And so I got saved in Okinawa. Wow. So, okay, well, we'll talk about, before we go to your salvation story, Okay. talk about what did the Marine Corps mean to you? I mean, I, you'd already been in the military, so there's a lot of adjustments there, but uh, it, I, I know for a lot of guys, there, there's something that, that the Marine Corps kind of puts in you. Yeah, well, having been in the Army, the, the Army was different. It was... It was rigorous, sure. and I'm not going to downplay sure. Army boot camp. It was rigorous. No, there's going to be Army guys that hear you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was rigorous, and I reached, highly respected my sure. drill sergeants. And, you know, but I was raised in that, that level of, of you know, uh, what do you call attrition. Okay. I was already raised, and I was accustomed to that. So it was more or less like 
okay, let's just get through this. Right. But Marine Corps boot camp, I honestly didn't think I could. Really? That was, it, was it was that dead. intense. And instead of two drill sergeants, there was four drill instructors. And they're all, and I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, what in the world did I do? <laughs> Are you crazy? And so uh, I remember boot camp. And the amazing thing about boot camp was it really did bring out some stuff. Some stuff. Yeah. You know, and I didn't know that the decisions that I made in my past could have been, I could have went a different direction had I had some motivation. Mm. I wouldn't have settled for things. I would have, I would have had a little bit more, I would have been more aggressive. I wouldn't have been as passive. I would have been a little bit more determined. I would have had a lot more stick to itiveness and, sure. uh, you know, uh, stamina and just bring it out. And I'm, you know, you would every day. And I wasn't saved yet, but yeah. I was like, Lord, get me through this day. Get me through this day. Get me through this day. And lo and behold, got really, really motivated, began to listen to what was being said and what was in front of me. This is what you have to do. Mm -hmm. If you're going to do this, this, and that, then this is what you're going to have to do. Yeah. And I've had this insatiable need to prove myself, mm -hmm. you know, because I was the second. My brother was always in the limelight. I was second. I was in the shadows. I grew up in the shadows. And I, had, I was just determined to make my own, have my own identity and be my... I, I always grew up, people didn't even know my first name for years. <laughs> oh, you're so-and-so's brother. You're so-and-so's <laughs> brother. My younger sister was so popular in school that, oh, you're so-and-so's brother. And I, you know, I didn't even have my own name. And so I was like, I'm going I'm to do something. And, uh, and the Marines really brought that out. And I said, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going I'm to give it my best. And I kept, you know, I got a kid on the way. I got a son on the way. I got to, I got to, I got to stay focused. This is not about you. Right. And as my first, that was one of my. You grew up. Yeah. I realized it wasn't just about me. It was others. And so I, um, I did my best. Graduated top of my class. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. I saw Somebody I was, knew your name then. <laughs> <laughs> and so that really shocked me. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm like, wow. And so my, it was funny because my parents. My mother and my brother came to my graduation and my sister. And because they didn't see me in my platoon, because the honor graduates stood separately. Ah. And so I'm over here with the honor graduates and they're looking for me in my platoon and they didn't see me. And they my mom started out. crying. <laughs> <laughs> so my mother was crying. Oh, he didn't make it. And so my brother was just looking around and I seen him through the crowd. And, you know, you can't as a Marine, you, you're at tension. Yeah. Head yeah. and eyes forward. But I was cutting my eyes and I seen my brother and I just I just was like, and so I seen him come and he saw some guys standing there separately and he got a little closer, but because I lost so much weight, I lost 30 pounds. 30 pounds, you know. Uh I went way down. I went from the twos to the yeah. <laughs> excuse me. And so he saw me and I got a lot of darker. Yeah. I'm exposed to that sun in South Carolina and those sand fleas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so he was totally shocked. And then I seen him leave. And then I seen my mother come over and she was just, you know, and I'm like, oh, and then it just really, I mean, I, I kind of teared up, you know? And so, uh, after that, we, we, I graduated and I was able to see my son. Um, what was that like? That was, it was, it was like, it, it kind of gave me a sense of purpose Yeah. and just, um, uh, I got to do this now. Right. I, I really got to, you know, 
I can't play games anymore. So, um, what was your uh, what was your career path like in, in the military? Where, where did they send you? Once I graduated top of my class, I was I was in. I yeah. was Semper Fi. I'm a re, you know I'm going to you swallowed the Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this for the yeah, rest of my life. And sure. So that became my my life. And so yeah. I think when you make that decision that early in your in your military experience, you absorb more. Sure. Because you're now making that. People that know they're going to get out, they know they're going to. Yeah. But for And I remember when I swore in. When I first swore in, I said, okay, I'll give you your four. But after that, you, are, you have nothing else. I'm done with you. But when I got in there and I graduated, I was like, maybe, I, I actually thought, maybe the Lord wants me to do this. Mm-hmm. If he gave me this, right. you know, I'm like, wow. And so I actually absorbed more and I was really into it. This is going to be my life. And I got, I got, I got uh, orders to Okinawa. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned so uh, you, had you ever been outside of the States before this? No, no. Not, not really. I mean, from Philadelphia to Jersey is only about 45 minutes. And yeah. We had an uncle. We had felt relatives in Jersey. So that's yeah. just a matter of crossing a bridge. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I think as a kid, we came to Georgia from okay. Philadelphia okay. where my grandmother, my great-grandmother. But any extensive, any, any extensive travel? Absolutely not. Yeah. So first time out of the country. On a plane. On a pl- first time on a plane. First time on a plane. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you're in a new environment. Absolutely. So, uh, so what was it like in Okinawa? Okinawa was actual. It was it was culture shock, but it was also. Oh, give us the year. What time? What? 80, was this? 80, uh, 88. 88. Okay. 1988, July 88, and you do a one year uh, tour. Yep. And so 88 to 89, and so touched down over there, and and was just more curious than anything. I want to see this. I can actually say I'm overseas because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's a lot of things I believed as a kid I'll never do. But now I'm overseas. I'm in the Marine Corps. I'm feeling really good about that. I'm alone, but I'll be okay. Yeah. You know, and so I'm an individual now. I don't have to answer to anyone. You know, I'm not, I don't have to get my brother to help me. Or I'm actually, this is you. Okay. So I began to, you know, gain some, you know, courage in a lot of areas and do, you know, travel. And a lot of these guys were away from home. And so... Just did the best we could. Yeah. Did my job. Now, the story I've heard from from some other people is that uh, being kind of out on your own for the first time and uh, out of your normal <laughs> pursuits and out of your normal schedules and all that stuff. And for some people, that can be bad because all of a sudden you you don't have the same consequences as you would back at home. Um, so that can lead to some trouble. Did did you get into any difficulty no. there? Or no. You were I- straight arrow. Yes. Yeah. And I well I had a I had a line to tell. Okay. Once I graduated with those honors yeah. as an honor man, it was like you you just So can't. you're setting an example. Yes. Uh-huh. And so it was almost in my, my CO when I checked in, he was like he's like, You may not have the rank, but you have the the leadership. Okay. And I expect a lot out of you. And so to have that kind of expectations, it, it brings the most it brings the best out of you. And so just uh did what I had to do. I did run into some guys from Philly, mm-hmm. and it was it's amazing how quickly you can you can kind of regress, you know. And I remember wanting to, and I, I did. I, I actually went back to sipping alcohol, going to the club, and everything. This this the you know downtown and some some you know places I shouldn't. Sure. And so I remember going there and and. Uh, it was amazing because when I got down there, there was somebody street preaching. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so 
didn't know a whole lot about church other than the church I was accustomed to going to occasionally. Okay. You know? Yeah. But somebody was down the street. We thought it was a fight because it was a crowd of people. And he was just down the street preaching. And it's amazing because we walked up there and, you know, I'm thinking I'm got back with these guys from Philly. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see what's up, man. Let's, we, you know, if we get into a fight, we going to just fight. And I remember going up the street to see what was going on. And the guy, for some odd reason, he just singled me out. He just came over to me and said, God, he just started talking to me, saying, God loves you. God has a plan for your life. And Whoa. I'm like, why are you leaving me alone? You know? <laughs> and so I just kind of chalked that one. Yeah. That's you know, my first weekend. Because when you get there, yeah. people that have been there longer than you, they want to show you what there is to do. And that one, the first thing, hey, man, you got to go down here. And see this, and this is cool, and this, that, and the other, and get this. You know, so, okay, cool. So that peer pressure, oh, you're from Philly, so we bros, you know. So I let my guards down. But I met with a street preacher. And then I checked into, you know, I checked into my unit. And when I checked into my unit, a guy just came over to me and just started talking. Where you from, man? I'm like, I'm from Philly. Oh, my buddy was from Philly, this, that. And then at the end of the conversation, strangely enough, he invited me to church. <laughs> and I'm like... That was odd. So I kind of blew that off. But he was in my company, so I'd see him occasionally. And then I'm at my barracks, and I'm just walking, and there's a guy, hey, man, come over here. And he was from Norristown, which is outside of Philly, a friend of mine, a fellow Marine. And he's like, hey, man. And then he was being witnessed to by another guy. Gosh. And so I come over there, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm trying to talk to him, but this guy's witnessing. And then he turns to me, and he's like, Hey, man, Jesus loves you. This and he starts witnessing to me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I got you. I know. You know I'm going to go to church. I love I know God. And so I'm kind of putting up my religious front. Put up my religious front. And he got me. He said, why don't you just, why don't you just, you know, give your life to Jesus? And I thought I was, I thought I was saved. So uh, they gave me an invitation to a play. Okay. I didn't really want to go to church, but I will go to a play. You're providing a ride. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of boring over there. And sure, I'll I'll go. You know, I, I check it out. I'm I'm game. I go to a play. Got convicted. Mm. Got saved. Wow. Raised my hand. Went up to an altar. Man, it sounds like there was some revival happening on the base there. Well, actually, the, the church was out in town. Okay. And the church was mostly military. Yeah. And so there was a. There was about three guys that were on that same base, Camp Kinzer, as I was, and they would come around the van. And it was just fun to hang around with clean, you know, guys that okay, were, okay. you know, not necessarily my normal company. Kind of thought, oh, these guys are weird or geeky, man. They're talking about praise God, praise God, and <laughs> Jesus loves you and corny jokes. But they were clean, and yeah. I, I liked that company. It was good enough. And so I remember hanging out with these guys. I went to this play, got, I got saved, but I didn't feel, there was no, there was no experience like really uh, sensation, which yeah. I was used to in my okay. upbringing. It was okay. all sensation. Very charismatic kind yes. of stuff. Yes, okay. and so if you didn't feel it, right. you know, then it wasn't real. And so since I didn't feel anything, I just kind of chucked it and just kind of went on about my business. But that was one Saturday. The next Saturday, payday, hey, man, let's go, ch let's tear it up, get into a cab, go down to that bad part of town, and I kid you not, the weirdest experience, I was there, but nothing, nothing I was getting, I didn't feel right. Mm. I'm like, I was just here seven days ago, and everything, I was comfortable, 
It was me. I enjoyed it. I wanted to see this. I wanted to see that. I wanted to spirit. I wanted to drink this. I wanted to eat, you know, and, and yeah, this is this is the life. And lo and behold, I just couldn't feel it. And my buddy was getting irritated. He's like, what's wrong with you, man? I'm like, I just don't. Mm. The pleasure it, of sin had been removed. Huh? It was gone. Wow. And so I sat down. He said, hey, man, I'm going to go over here. I'll be back. I was like, all right, I just need to go to back to base. He said, is it money? No, I got my own money. And I sat down, and to my, to my side was a flyer that said, you know, a honey of a deal. It was actually a Bible uh, church track. Yeah. And I read that, and immediately something clicked. Mm. Something did happen. Mm. And I looked up, and I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm, I'm yours. Wow. If you'd like to hear the rest of this sermon, subscribe today. It's only $3 a month when you subscribe at supercast.tech or $4.99 per month when subscribing in Apple Podcasts. Links are in the show notes. We thank you for joining us on this special preview of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.